Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Thursday, December 17th, 2015, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Hello, Michael. I well, I should undo uh, my mute button, right? That would help, yeah. That would, <laughs> what can I say? Anyway, we're honored, delighted that you're here to join us. Thank you for uh, dialing the phone or jumping into the uh, the chat room and or listening on those stations that we don't get to see in our control panel. We're honored that you're joining us for this conversation about how to change the established dynamics of non-human life on planet Earth and bring it into full human function. What is human function? Well, we have a simple definition of of, of, uh, a human life. Hold a newborn child, you know exactly what a human life is. It is this awesome active presence of love. And when we function out of something different than this presence of love, then we find ourselves not being human. Did some work with someone this morning who <clears throat> was going through some physical challenges. Actually, for several months, I've been going through some physical challenges. And so invited her to come and do a still point session. And the, the root of the physical challenges that she uncovered was when she was a very small child, and this is kind of like right down the lines of the codependence work that we do, but she just had this full-blown opening to, when at about the age of three, she decided that who she was wasn't good enough. And she had to function as somebody else and made up a whole somebody that didn't exist except as an idea or a set of ideas in her mind probably ideas based in generations of women who felt like they weren't allowed to express as who they were and they had to do something to be accepted or to be quote-unquote loved. And 
that moment of giving up the truth of who we are, you know, when we're living in the truth of who we are, our physiology is fueled by this sweet, blissful, ecstatic presence of love. When we're we, when we get lost in the message that functioning out of that as who we are isn't acceptable, we tend to buy the messages from the world around us and say, well, you have to be this way, you have to do this, you have to do that. Become a human doing, you have to function this way, you can't say this, you can't say that. You're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that, but you are required to, and it is demanded of you in order to survive, that is, in order to be approved of or what the world calls loved, which has nothing to do with love. You have to do it this way. And the moment where we give that connection in that self up is the moment of the first death. And when we buy into that and give up our direct experience of the active presence of love. You know, I, li- I like to tell the story, in the, if you've heard us do the Y workshop, the, the step in the worksheet where we talk about the rose and the butterfly. And imagine we have a rose and a butterfly. They meet. We give them each an ego. They meet. They fall in love. They have this wonderful time together. And one day, the butterfly up and flies away. The rose, knowing that the love of the butterfly is the most important thing in its life, uproots itself to give chase. What's going to happen to that rose? It's going to die. When we uproot ourselves from literally the direct physiological experience of love, of who we are, we substitute a self made of all kinds of generational ideas and messages that tend to come from the power person that we're in relationship with. The person has more power over our lives than we do and isn't functioning as love. And so one goes from this state of ecstasy to this state of loss, of inadequacy, of stupidity, of all, just all kinds of messages that are received. Remember a couple of years ago we worked with a gal and we were asking the group, you know, what kind of messages did you get? And she shared that she had a very vivid memory of being six years of age. And her father came to her and told her that, They had a perfect family until she was born into the family and she destroyed the family. And she bought that. That thought in a human system made for love will create such pain and trauma. And that pain and trauma, because what we tend to do when we're in pain and trauma is pretend that it's not in us, pretend that it's caused by someone else. So, you know, we say things like, you made me mad, you hurt me, you made me sad. And when we do that, we're living in a state of denial. Denial being the thought or the speaking that someone outside of us is a cause of something inside of us. And so when I live in that state of denial, I then have to hide the cause. In this case, I destroyed the family. I'm so bad and so evil and so unacceptable that I destroyed the family, that thought begins to produce feelings and physiology, and we start to feel out of things that were never meant to be in us. And the desire to find somebody else to blame 
leads to all of the conflict, all of the divorce, all of the wars that happen in our world. When I undo my denial, I can go back and recapture the very part of me. And that was the the sweetness and beauty of the session this morning. And this woman has done a lot of work, so she's got a lot of awareness in her body and was able to touch in and feel exactly the pathways that she blocked up to buy into this lie and what opened and what, like, just a total renewal of her physiology. And that's exactly what occurs. And every disease I'd offer throughout one's whole lifetime comes from that core experience. And it usually happens, in my experience, the average child is dead by the age of four. Now, when I say dead, I mean being no longer governs the system. Think about it for a minute. When was the last time you saw somebody at the age of four and up, four, five, 10, 20, 50, 90, that when the stress was up and the chips were down, functioned as love? It's pretty much gone from our culture. And so when love inactivity dies, we fall into, we fall from grace of that state and we fall into this non-being self. And we'll take that non-being self to church and we'll buy the message that we're no good and that we're quote-unquote not. You know, if you listen to the scriptures, the scriptures talk about how you are the offspring of love, of the creator. But no, some people who don't know that, who've lost that, will tell you that, no, you're actually a sinner. And people buy that, and that's, you know, in many circles, the first step to so-called salvation. No, it's a big step into insanity to buy that definition of yourself. It just for, it's, it's just a, a, a repeat, a variation on a theme of, I'm not good enough, therefore I'll buy anything that people feed me. Stop buying that garbage, folks. It's a lie. It's a fraud. The truth about you is you are the offspring of love. Now, you're probably getting ready to go do some family events with the holidays coming up. And for a lot of people, that leads to a lot of trepidation because all of those messages are re-resonated and reactivated and the old unresolved family dynamics enter the fray. What we invite people to do is to pick up the forgiveness process and Utilize it to dissolve those dynamics within yourself so that you can go to the family party where, you know, Uncle John who abused you and, you know, Dad or whoever, however, that you can stand as the space of love and be freed of that trauma. And we hold the space for the opening that love becomes so reestablished in you if you've lost it. And I'm not talking about the soupy, oh, I love you. I'm talking about literally the absolute physical presence of love in your cellular structure. And as you reestablish yourself in that, everything in your life changes. Those family gatherings that you seem to think caused you so much pain become opportunities to look at new levels and new layers that simply need to be healed. And we're here to simply support that happening. If you haven't touched into the forgiveness work as yet, 
If you haven't looked at the reality management wake-up sheet, then we invite you to go to whyagain.org, whyagain.org, and there's a bullseye in the middle of the page. You may have to scroll down a little bit. Click the bullseye, and a whole series of links will open. It'll start off and give you Chapter 24 of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? The next link will give you a uh, series of worksheets. We suggest you take the top worksheet that opens the top link. There are many worksheets we've developed over the years. And take that top one, open it, print it. And then the third link will walk you through a, uh, oh, I don't know, 16 or so radio shows where we've actually walked somebody step by step through the forgiveness process. Take the tool, put it to work, and, you know, it's unimaginable. I, you know, I did the first design of the worksheet that I use, and why is this happening to me again, a little better than 35 years ago. And it still just boggles my mind what when people engage in that process they drop into and find out about themselves that was too painful to uncover and whenever it started to move in them they had somebody else to blame. And as you open the space to allow those dynamics to come forward and that's what that worksheet is about and presenting love as they do those old realities begin to collapse and literally disappear in a most amazing and mind-boggling way. And so we're here to support that happening for you. And if you have questions about how it works, the refinements, how to use it, any of the corollary tools, this MindShifters radio show is about creating support for people learning to utilize these tools to think differently than the world teaches them and to open a new level of awareness. And so we're honored that you're here to share with us. Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us? He is, and he's on. Great. Well, let's hello to Dr. Tim. We didn't get to, uh, to get a report on the support group for Tuesday night yesterday. Things were kind of uh, busy. But uh, welcome, young man. Hello, hello. Hey, I'm doing well. I uh, appreciated your follow-up call last night. I'm glad that visit came off all right. And uh, we're having a delightful time up here in northwest Illinois. Actually, probably more north-central Illinois. And we had our support group on Tuesday evening, and we had another in the series of talks by Guy Finley, which always leads to lively discussion about the similarities and the differences between this the same message about how you're made of love and you're not supposed to be a human doing, you're supposed to be a human being. And when you tap into that essence with your conscious awareness, you literally shift the energy and you literally realize it isn't up to you to get up and go do something in this moment when you're triggered. It's up to you to turn it over to that energy of love or creation within you or some higher mind. And this, our lecture by Guy Finley, the fourth in a series that we're doing, 
really triggered some people. And some people had comments about how he uses too many words just to be confusing, and he makes it too complicated, and it's too intellectual, and he's separating out the the divine from who I really am. And so it was absolutely a power-packed, charged discussion. And um, and then it led to... And, and, their, and their discomfort... And their discomfort was about what he was doing. All the time. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> well, and, and, and we tried to, to point it out, and of course, two weeks before, we had a similar discussion where half the group, or roughly half the group, thought that Guy Finley was too harsh and too intellectual and too distant from the material. And then several other people said, oh, that's how I feel about when Dr. Rice presents. So we had the discussion about how here's the same stimulation coming out of the television, the light box, and and the audio signal hitting, you know, the eight or nine different people in the room, and practically everyone's having a different response. Isn't that interesting? How the 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 response I'm feeling can't possibly be coming from the outside because I had eight other people watch the very same thing and they had different responses. And if the outside event was causing what goes on inside me, then we would all have the same response, the same interpretation, etc. So it was a very good discussion. And again, it prompted somebody who had a trigger for them focused on one word. And the word was remembering. And this person attached their anger to that word remembering. And then they were willing. It's a, it's a very courageous group. One of the people was triggered by that word, was willing to do a worksheet. And it was quite productive because uh, anytime somebody's triggered at a level of 9 or 10 out of 10 on the intensity scale, and they're willing to do a worksheet, it's always productive. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what we got to do. We had the, the honor of being present for somebody who decided to keep working at being more of the kind of person she wants to be than the kind of person she often finds herself being triggered to being. And she's just determined to keep working at it. And one of the issues is She's very hard on herself. She piles frustration on top of her anger, uh, negative self-talk on top of her sadness. And one of the people prompted me to to come up with the quote I've used quite often from an older woman who's a Jewish Buddhist. Her name was Sylvia Borstein. And the interviewer was asking her, you know, could you tell me about that thing you do whenever you get upset? I love that. And Sylvia said, okay, well, I I just put my hand over my heart, and I talk to myself, and I say, sweetheart, you're in pain. Let's take a few deep breaths. Let's relax. We'll step back. We'll relax. And then we'll look at what's going on, and then we'll decide what to do. But right now, sweetheart, you're in pain. And just speaking to herself with that tenderness and that gentleness 
to my mind and my ear, it's very much the same as reconnecting with my true nature as love, with my true nature as the innocence of the newborn, which is always there in me. It's never been dented, chipped, rusted, faded in any way. It's always available for my awareness if I choose to focus my awareness on it. And then when I choose to focus my conscious awareness on it, that becomes the creation of my experience in that moment. And so we were holding the space for this person to be more gentle with herself and move through the worksheet, and she did. And um, and again, I just have to say, it is an absolute blessing to be surrounded by people like that two nights a week who devote their time to making their lives better and taking full responsibility for whatever they need to do to make that happen. So that's my summary from Tuesday's group. Just a delightful space and a delightful group of people. Awesome. Awesome. It it always amazes me when people get together and spray love on each other instead of the standard hostility and fear game that most people play. It just uh, amazes me. Imagine, Imagine the person who, let's say, for instance, goes to church and from the earliest years... All they ever heard from the pulpit, all they ever heard in the Sunday school, all they ever had sprayed on them was the active presence of love and words of sweetheart. How different would our lives be and how much has the trauma of that contributed to forming a self that believes some of the messages that were received? How bizarre is it that we've ever heard anything else, especially from someone who's supposed to be up there teaching us about love? You know, it's just, it it, it boggles my mind. It's amazing. Well, I love the and one. it's nice to have some. Oh, go ahead. I love the one, the one talk where I've heard you getting into the, the origins of the words and the message of Yeshua from the ancient Aramaic and how when it gets distorted, and of course it must be distorted for somebody to take the message of, a, of, of you're made of love, the kingdom of heaven is within you, the Father is within you. You take that message, it's all about love, it's all about the interconnectedness of everyone and everything, and there has to be a distortion for you to then take that message to another country or another people and say, I'm here to teach you about my God, our Father, who's all about love, and if you don't accept it, I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bizarre, isn't it? So there's, there's this absolute distortion that has to take place, and if you get back to the fundamentals and you leave no excuses. You, you remove, you actively remove every excuse to be angry, bitter, negative, resentful, hurtful to yourself or anyone else ever. Then you can move on the way you were meant to move on in life. Then you can extend the love that you are in every interaction and every relationship with everyone and everything. If I don't do that work to remove the excuses within me for being negative, I will be able to justify any level of abuse. 
any level of abuse, from a negative thought to wiping out a nation. So it's pretty important, to my mind, to actively work to remove every excuse to be negative, and that's one way, just one way, that I look at the benefits of the reality management worksheet process. Yay. Well, delight to have you on the team and to be moving through this world of insanity, bringing more and more sanity at every moment to it, and, of course, getting the opportunity to do that to and for ourselves. Pretty awesome to be on the team. So thank you for being there to support it and make it happen. You're most welcome and deserving. All right. Well, let's check with Jeannie and see if there's anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anybody in the chat room with something that uh, we need to be aware of. Chat room is very quiet, and we do have a hand up. It's area code 901. You're on the air. Who do we have? There. This is Denda, Memphis. Hey, young lady. Welcome. Um, people comment last year about this time um, I was um, sharing with you that the holidays were probably my or these holidays were my least favorite time of the year and as many people it created stress at that time um, you suggested I do worksheets and I did I did uh, numerous worksheets over um the uh, whole holiday experience and then just kind of let it go got through the holiday it was just you know fine it was sort of a neutral uh, feeling and then I realized uh, this week that I have none of those same um, issues that were present last year and although I'm not jumping up and down with excitement I am making plans, and I'm doing them um, stress-free. So I just want to share that, that sometimes it takes a while before you actually uh, manifest or 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 recognize that a shift has gone on. So I thank you for that. Next thing... Well, before you before you move on, if you'd hold that thought for a second, I'd just like to throw in a little piece of the puzzle. And, and of course, the question would become, did the holidays create stress? Or did you create stress with your mind and put it on the holidays? Just for refinement's sake and where the real work lies. Well, I created the stress around the holidays. The holidays were simply a trigger to it. And so that's what to work on is, is um, you know, not delving too much into trying to analyze it, but um, right. working the issue of the fact that it had it triggered um, absence, loneliness, you know, some of those issues. And from, uh, I, I have no idea where. But, um, right. Anyway, well, uh, the reason why I asked that question is, you know, especially for folks that are new, uh, is that, when I say something like, you know, uh, the holidays were stressful, it's that's a, a subtle form. And I like to point out the subtle forms of denial because when I can catch myself in the subtlest forms of denial, I can change that and all of a sudden I'm going to start to see a whole different world. 
So when I think that the holiday is the cause rather than I can own, gee, I sure create a lot of stress for myself around the holidays. And, of course, once one knows how they create stress, they can own it and they can change the goals because it's the goals that create the stress and they can let go of the goals and free themselves of stress. It's just, you know, it's like as as simple as night follows day when uh, when we do that. So it's just a, a fine point, but I think the more we can see ourselves and observe ourselves in the subtlest form of of denial, you know, well, you know, when that happened, that really upset me. It's just a way to say I'm not responsible for my upset. That is responsible. And when I tell my mind that that's the world I live in, that's responsible, then I have to literally construct a whole perceptual world that shows me that that's responsible for my upset and my stress. When I can shift into, gee, I realize that around this event or that, I create a lot of stresses, and I, of course, some understanding that I create stresses with my goals, I can cancel any goal I want to and be free of the stress of it. It's just like, you know, it, it just turns everything around so powerfully and uh, gives us deeper insight into how the mind works. So, so if there's anybody that's new to the uh, the show, I think that was just, you know, it's a, a good opportunity to, to observe a principle and to understand how it works. Yes, you're absolutely correct on that. You're absolutely correct. Um, okay, you ready for the next one? Say again? I said, are you ready for the next one? Let's go for it. Yes, ma'am. Um, I really enjoy the term that is being used as far as slaying love. Um as far as, could you say that again? Your your voice is a little bit fuzzy. I don't know if you're far from the okay. microphone or... Okay, spraying love. I like the terminology spraying love. It's been very useful for me. Right. Because sometimes I... There's... Your voice is much not better right feeling, there. Not feeling the love. You know, if if I'm around someone that um, I am not feeling love about, then the, uh, and I've been working with the difference between the feelings and the thoughts, the fact that feelings always follow thought and not right. the other way around. So although I may not be able to think or uh, or feel the love, I can think it. And the spraying love for me is a thought process rather than a feeling process. And so it um, kind of bridges for me that, um, I don't know, gap or something between the right. actual feeling of the love and the the mental choice, or the men- yes, the mental choice to spray that love. And then um, as I progress, then the feeling starts to follow. Right, right. Yeah, it's been said, you know, take it till you make it. Bring it forward in your mind and focus until you're in the experience of it. And and, uh, and for those, again, who might be new to the show, when, when uh, uh, Brenda's talking about spraying love, what we're we're offering is that, the simple activity of the perceptual system in the human mind is an energy dynamic. 
And every energy that moves in us radiates literally a high energy wave. And so if I'm feeling hostility towards someone, telling myself my hostility is about them, the movement of that hostility in me literally, energetically, high energy measurable waves are being radiated out from me and sprayed on them. And, you know, when you're spraying the acid of hostility on someone, they're not usually going to respond very well. But when I shift my mind, when I choose to forgive my hostility and I focus in and I activate the energy of active present love, then when that moves in me, I'm spraying that energy, high energy measure wave on them, and they're going to tend to change. It's just, you know, like night follows day. It's so powerful to understand so cool. It's nice that that tool's fitting and working for you. It is. It's it's um it's a it's allowing me to separate the feeling from the thought and to, until the feeling catches up with the thought. That's right. That right. Is, is helpful. Um, we had talked the other day, and you asked me to share about the uh, physical experiences that I'm going through uh, lately, and I've been doing my I haven't gotten five worksheets done every day, but I've been probably have done equivalent to five worksheets every day for 45 days over about the last six months. And it's interesting the changes are coming. I'm also listening every night when I go to sleep to the Wellness Stillness DVD, and I would recommend that for everybody. It is amazing. Things that are going on within my body and my mind, and and otherwise, just as a um, as a result of going to sleep to that um, uh, meditation, and then when I wake up in the middle of the night, I just uh, turn it on again and listen to it again, and I go right back to sleep. So it's very interesting. But one of the things that happened the other day, I woke up and I had these just. Uh, her, um, I don't even know how exactly how to, to describe it, but my body was icy hot, itchy, with waves of burning heat going all through my body and my skin. Mm. And then I started breaking out all over my body with um, itchy, itchy, and I don't, I had had some uh, poison ivy earlier in the summer, pretty bad case of that, so I'm, you know, thinking maybe that's what I was detoxing, because it felt the same way, but I've Mm. also, last week, is just different parts of my body being just tremendously sore, but by the next morning, they're not, or I'll wake up, and I feel like I have um, just the Mack truck, yet by the time the end of the day comes, there is that symptom is not there at all. So I, um, I think you wanted me to share that because for those going through the worksheets and doing that, not to be uh, or to welcome those body changes and that detoxing and part of the DVD 
that you speak on is about your immune system, um, your skin, your elimination systems of the body, helping to detox and everything. So it's been a very, very interesting two weeks. And I think I'm coming out of the real severe part of it. And as we know, detoxing is never never lasts as long as when it went in, and um, don't always know what's uh, no. I have no idea what it is that is um, resurfacing, and and my body is eliminating. So right. that's been an interesting experience. Yeah, it's it's interesting to note that. It doesn't have to be cognitive. I don't have to know what it was. And and if there's something energetically that starts to move and there is, it's important for me to know something about it, you know, my experience is that a day or two or three later, I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden, bingo, the whole thing hit. Oh, that's what that was. Oh, I got it. Okay. And go through it. And the, the whole idea of that wellness to uh, stillness meditation is to, go through that progressive relaxation, then balance the glandular, limitive nerve, digestive, muscular, and circulatory systems. And it is a, a powerful place to uh, to just tap in and open the energy field on another level. We actually had a, a gentleman in South Florida that called me a couple of days ago and ordered 20 of them to uh, to give away as Christmas gifts to uh, to friends that he wanted to introduce to the work. So it's a it, yeah. it makes a pretty sweet gift. It's a twenty minute meditation on CD, and uh, you know it's ten dollars. And uh, so if anybody is uh, wanting to pass the work along to someone, it's a very gentle place to open the mind to to the ideas. And the whole meditation is about softening and open the energy system for release. And those releases occur sometimes quite dramatically, don't they? <laughs> I'm finding that out. It's been, I've been listening to it for about six months, and this is the most right. active, most active uh, reaction or releasing that I've, I've gotten. Um, so I want to thank, there's a, there's a gentleman who called in oh, about six months ago, I guess, maybe eight months ago, before I ordered the, tape, the CD, and he said that that was his doctor that he would pull out the DVD and listen to it. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. So I want to thank him for coming on the line and and mentioning that. Otherwise, I would not have um, really recognized that tool and how effective it would be. So if anyone else is uh, listening, uh, my testimony is that it's been phenomenal. Well, I don't know if I shared with you why we have that available now, but that was actually a meditation that I created way back when I lived in Atlanta and I was doing more physical medicine. And so I created it for that purpose. And I had, you know, when I moved from Atlanta to uh, to South Florida, somewhere that just sort of disappeared. And it was about, I don't know, a period of about 10 years. And I get a call from a guy in Toronto, Canada, who's in a panic. He's like, Michael, uh, remember back, I don't remember now, 10, maybe it was 20 years earlier, he said, I I met you in South Florida and you gave me this meditation CD. It's like, 
Well, you know, I've slept a few times in the last 20 years. No, I don't remember meeting you, and I don't know what CD you're talking about. It had kind of gone by the wayside. So he spoke more about it, but he but he shared that that he was in construction, and whenever he felt sick, whenever he was symptomatic, he'd pull that out, and he said, that is my wellness care. I I get sick, I lay down, I listen to it. I've listened to it so much that I just tap into it. I get up and I go, and he said, I... I broke the tape. I've worn the tape out. It was a, on a cassette tape at that time. And uh, so spurred by him, I went looking through the archives and fortunately still had that, and we remastered on a CD. And uh, so it's available. It's uh, Another thing about it is that uh, people who are insomniacs tell me they never hear the end of me. People have trouble sleeping. They say they just drop right into sleep when they listen to it. So, so that's pretty cool, too. That's what I do. I don't, uh, in the middle of the night or early in the morning, if I wake up about 4 o'clock, which is my usual wake-up time, um, then and I listen to it just so I can hear the end of it because I do not get past about the first, you know, five minutes, and I am out. So that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly correct. But I gave it to, when you notice introducing other people to it, I have a lady that I am doing a project for, and she is very much into the prophecies and what is the Armageddon and such like that. And so we have very interesting discussions. As you can tell, that we are pretty much on the opposite side of the fence in this particular arena. And so she does have health problems that she has manifested, and so I gave her the the DVD, and she said after the first few times that she listened to it, that when she had her blood pressure checked, it had dropped significantly. And so now she ordered the DVD for herself. I had loaned her mine, and she listens to it regularly. So, and it also I find that in our discussions then. We're kind. We there's um, a little bit of a connection. You know, we're getting there's common ground in the language and the vernacular of um, how we how we are uh, exchanging ideas. So, oh, cool. You're you're absolutely right. Nice. Yes, it's an excellent way to introduce somebody who is so you know very very much on the fundamentalist um, arena. And that, so thank you for that. And then I have cool. comments on that. I have one more thing. This is one of the few days I can talk. <laughs> Great. Go for it. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I think I've shared several times on the show about my, um, when I was a young girl, I was very proud of the fact that I had learned to put my underwear on correctly and I wanted to show my dad. And we were getting ready to leave. Um, we had a, about a 14-hour drive in front of us. And um, as I was getting ready to show him, he walked up to me and knuckled me on the head and said, can't you, uh, can't you hurt, get, do any faster or can't you dress any faster? And I uh, recall my little heart falling out of my body down onto the ground. Mm, yeah. I have 
drawn that experience to me for years and years and years and years. And it's I call it my rap on the head where I sabotage myself. And it seems to happen when I'm getting ready to be successful at something or I don't have enough information about something. If I had only known. So this morning I was doing some more worksheets on procrastination and or resistance to doing something where I had a conflict in my mind of um, me to not wanting to do it. So as I was doing the worksheets, as I came out of it at the end, and then I started doing the Tai Chi right after because the Tai Chi right after the worksheets helps move a lot of energy, and I end up doing a lot of yawning, which is my signal that stuff is moving out. And I had this thought that I said if I had enough information, if I had enough information, if I could figure things out, then I could protect myself. And when I was asking for guidance on how to, um, or what I'm supposed to learn about this or know about the situation, all of a sudden the thought that had my daddy had the information of knowing what that action was going to trigger in me, he would not have done it. Not in a million years. Yeah. It opened up this, I mean, it was just like this something. I don't, I can't even describe it, but something just changed. Sounds like compassion. Yes. Sounds like compassion came in. That's awesome. That's a powerful human attribute. And so it was about, you know, the information, not having the information that I felt that I was wounded for not having enough information to protect myself, but he also did something he would never have done in a million years and probably felt a whole lot of um, guilt and such about after it was done, did not have the tools to to deal with it or know the effect. And so that, that was... That was very nice. So I've done a lot, of, you know, years of work on that very thing. So wow, that's a big wonderful piece. Day, a wondrous day for me. So that's it. I think I've uh, mm. did everything I had to share for today. Well, that one, that one, I know you probably started working on that issue of the wrap in the head and shared it with me back eighteen, twenty years ago. And yes. you've been through several layers, and this is this feels like a really major breakthrough to to shoot into compassion if that reality comes up again, rather than your heart dropping out. That's that's uh, that's right. a huge piece. That's awesome. Nice Thank work, you. young lady. Thank you. And I wanted one of the other thoughts that had came came up during that, and I was doing the fast worksheet, um, so it was. Um, you know, it says, ask you how I should figure out what I should know about this. And one of the, the thoughts that came was um, how the power person, how you, okay, how you address things in life based on that experience with that power person. And so I thought that maybe you might expand on that a little bit because you said that when you're in this um, in this place, you react this way. 
and then when it gets a little deeper, you react. Levels of stress. Right, and so maybe if you could address um, how my experience related and what I've done tonight is related to how um, I'm taking on my power person, um, and I'm not even sure what question I'm asking, but I think you know what question I'm asking. I got it. Yeah, I think so. Just, just okay. it sounds like let's look at what the stages are and what the dynamics are of the uh, the power person interaction. Yeah. And basically, you know, we can we can function from choice, or we can function from carbon based memory. You know, it sounds like forevermore now. Should someone come along with some sort of a rap on the head, you'll function from choice and compassion and be able to offer them information rather than literally, and I know that a couple of weeks ago when we saw you, you you used that phrase that that actually happened once again, that your heart fell out of your body, that that, that was your experience as a child. And so now you'll no longer be stuck in the dynamics of the power person, which is pretty awesome. And basically, if choice isn't operating, then we function out of carbon-based memory, which is a story system of, of information and energy and dynamics from our experiences out of the past. And when we're functioning out of that, you know, for me, what I see is the whole world revolves around the power person dynamic. Literally, the world is run by the power person dynamic. And there are only three behaviors that are possible when one isn't functioning out of choice and is functioning out of that dynamic. And it relates to the key to which level is in control is how much stress are we under. And so, and that's one of the reasons for the regular doing of the reality management worksheet process because if we move into an ultra-stress space, we'll do what our power person did to us that we hated the most. Even if they're good stresses, that level of stress will trigger us into that behavior. So the, the basic dynamic is that when there's no stress, the automatic decision system in carbon-based memory will counsel us to do whatever we did to get along with our power person. And we can do when that stre- to ourselves. Say it again? I said, and we do that to ourselves, not necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we don't need the power person around anymore to do that. That's That's the whole thing. And so many people, you know, power person is long since gone and we're still doing it to ourselves because the energy dynamic of that still resides within us. So when stress starts to build, we'll shift out of doing what we did to get along with our power person. And, the again, the automatic decision system will kick in and guide us to do whatever we did to resist and survive with our power person. Okay. And then when one becomes ultra-stressed, they will do what their power person did to them that they hated the most, to themselves and to others. And when I can be aware of that is when I can opt out of those dynamics and function out of choice instead of that automatic decision system running the show. And and basically the automatic decision system is just another way of saying, why is this happening to me again? You know, it's the whole title of the work, that as long as we're functioning out of carbon-based memory, whatever dynamics are stored there are going to run us and counsel us into doing behaviors. And the behaviors will replicate the generational patterns. When I wake up from that, 
I can choose to do something new. And, you know, in the example you just used, I can say, gee, you know, it used to be, I thought, my defense was if I had enough information that I could have protected myself here. And now I can see that when my power person or when someone outside of me reacts with something like a rap in the head, I can recognize that they don't have all the information and I can give them information, be a different space instead of doing that original power person uh, learned behavior. So that's pretty powerful, pretty awesome. Yes, absolutely. All right, thank you. I'll let someone else uh, talk now. All right, we appreciate you. Happy Holy Days. Thank you, and I want to thank my the person who is keeping me on track um, <laughs> for sending me the Skype messages. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, cool. Bye-bye. Okay, well, Jeannie, you've got another caller for us? We do. We actually have two callers, but Julie has been on hold for over 20 minutes, so we can't say that she did, waited till the last minute to call in. <laughs> there we go. Oh, how you doing, Julie? We can let go of that one. Hey, young lady. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you. <laughs> I'm um, I, I'm glad I heard the last 20 minutes. I came in late, and um, I guess I needed to hear everything. Was that Gail speaking? Or who was that? Brenda. Brenda. That was Brenda. Brenda. That was Brenda. Yeah, I needed to hear about the stillness to wellness. That's going to help me a lot. And I needed to hear what you just were saying about power and dynamics. So here's the brief thing. Um, I, last night, became really sick. I had, you know, I hate this. I hate these stories I'm telling. I'm not usually like this. So I have resistance to illness. And I don't give myself a chance to be sick and take care of myself. And I'm realizing I don't even know how because I don't allow myself. So, um, but my body was just throwing up last night. It did not want all this stuff Ouch. that I'm putting in me. And and even to the point of blood, not not a lot, but I realized, okay, enough is enough. I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. I'm not putting all this toxic stuff in me because it's the antibiotics and tons of pain meds, you know, every six hours. So I just, Mm. I just said, and you know, I don't have the pain right now. I think I'm going to come out of this, but, but the throwing up, it was just like, I had to draw a line. And so, but the thing about the goal, I also have stress about a goal and I I wasn't, uh, yeah, you, you get, you both gave me some insight. So I have a Christmas party I'm putting on tomorrow for my piano students. And normally I just love it. I just love doing it. But this year has felt like a huge burden because of my lack of energy from all of these painful things going on. And I just don't I don't have my spirit there. I don't have my love there to to wanna to do something really wonderful. And they love these parties, you know. So now even to right. the point of Maybe I could just say, well, I think I have the flu. I should probably cancel. I don't want to expose you to it. You know, I I don't really believe that, but I'm not sure exactly what the responsible thing is except to tell the truth to myself, of course. But mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think I, I, I have a belief I can't get it all done because I'm so slow and achy and sick, you know. And so, and, and you know, I have fear about being sick. So... So I'm going to listen to Wellness to Stillness. Um, that's all I want to do is be still and go deep and feel and sleep, rest. And be, be where I am later on tonight and 
do my preparations as best as possible and carry on. But that's a power person dynamic, you know, and it still doesn't feel healthy. But I think I'll get through. Uh, Well, we'll hold the space and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's safe and healing for you to take care of yourself too. Mm-hmm. And you can cancel mm-hmm. a goal such as the uh, the party and and take care of you because you deserve that, and not load mm-hmm. yourself up with more with more stress. So that's mm-hmm. a reasonable thing to do. And you know, uh, if it's something that your students look forward to, you could reschedule it or what have you, and uh, and just give yourself the space. You know, probably one of the biggest things that's missing in our culture is when people realize they're in a healing process, they're detoxing, they're they're moving through things, is that they've got to go, 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 because the culture is so oriented toward you got to to be worthy, you've got to accomplish all this stuff. And mm-hmm. just taking the time to rest and take care of yourself is a very important part of the healing process. Yeah. It's up for me to learn that. I, in fact, it truly is. truly is. I know I need to take care of myself better. So maybe this is helping me crystallize the commitment more, um, you know. So, um, well, that's, that's really it. I appreciate it. You're listening, and um, we'll see where I get with it, but I definitely need to just stop all systems for a while. <laughs> well, we will hold you in our hearts that whatever your body's trying to throw off will support and vitalize you, support you being vitalized to be able to throw mm-hmm. off what you're ready to process through and throw off. And I know that, you know, you moved into uh, another commitment the other day. And when we make commitments, it takes us to a new level of vitality, new level of energy move. So I just support Mm -hmm. you in taking care of yourself and letting this, whatever this is all about, process out, uh, drink Mm -hmm. lots of fluids, you know, eat, Mm -hmm. eat well and let yourself process through it. And if you need to, cancel the party in order to take care of you, then I'd support you taking care of you. I think I appreciate hearing that from you because if yeah. I'm really committed to healing, I my pattern is to suppress, you know, all that stuff. So I need, yep. you know, I don't know where I'll be by this time tomorrow, really, if I'm really going to let the healing happen. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for um, your okay. empowering words. All right, mm-hmm. hold the space. Lots of love and blessings. And, mm-hmm. and everyone, Thanks, we Michael. appreciate you joining us. We're, uh, we're down to the last few seconds, so we'll just invite you to uh, pass the show on. If the uh, information's been meaningful to you, invite a stranger to come to the show with you tomorrow. And in the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give yourself. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.yagain.com. 